2: became less and less of a kind of emotional punch in the gut and they became more of an emotional um you know hand on if you've fallen down hand under your armpit to help you up day one (sighs) tough going i think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead Day 2, 48 hours done now Uh, 3 full days down, 72 hours in 4 full days in Doesn't matter, just keep driving forward Day 5, our 5 days done Maybe it's been bred into me But I've always had a a curiosity to to explore the world Day 56, 8 weeks done and dusted Mood is good, spirits are high Day 43 done and dusted Day 32 done and dusted Anything and everything is, is achievable Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in, and um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown, and welcome to Deep Roots. And welcome back to episode nine in the story of my solo and unsupported row across the Atlantic Ocean. Day 17 was the day I lost my steering. That was catastrophic for my goals, for my intention, for my aspirations. Now, all that being said, I wasn't exactly living up to those goals or I hadn't put myself in a position to achieve those goals by day 17, which was to... Basically, win the race. I'm a competitive animal. My whole adult life has been in, lived in competitive environments. I am either wired and institutionalized by those environments, or I have some sort of innate wiring where i like competition i thrive in competition and my competitive instincts and my self-belief was telling me that i could win this race i could beat every team as i said before i was delusional (laughs) i was so far off the mark because i didn't really understand i didn't have all the information needed to understand the differences between boats and their capabilities And I just didn't have the work ethic. I was disappointed, surprised and disappointed with my daily output. I really, really struggled to put in 12 hour days, 12 hours rowing. Touched on it um, a few times. Was very close, nearly, I would say, 90%. So I was always in around 10 and a half, 11 hours, um, plenty of 12s, well, a few 12s. The longest day I did was like 19 hours, I think, in 24 rowing. Um, But for me to have really competed with everyone um, and the other boats that were just faster, generally faster. Um, because of their build, because of their, um, what's the word, their layout. I would have had to been putting in 18 hour days on the oars, and I didn't have that in me, and that surprised me, and that um, disappointed me, and that kind of gnawed away at me a little bit. I thought I would be able to do that. I thought I'd be able to put in, push myself over such a long period to put in um, those Epic kind of days, but it just, it wasn't sustainable for me. Mentally, I would say above physically. I think you could, physically it's possible. Mentally, I just didn't have it. I didn't have that um, want or drive to push past the, or like desperation probably is a better word, to push past the, you know, the 11, 12 hour limit um, or sorry, the limit that kind of I had self-imposed uh, And the, the 12 hours in the day It was just It was so fucking hard to stay on those oars um, It was so hard After Day 17 Well after day 14 really But after day 17 When the steering finally broke To row at night It was hard to row It was fucking hard to row Anyway uh, During the middle of the day but at night, it was just, it was so fucking demoralizing and confusing. Um, and the thought, if I'd given myself like a two-hour window into the evening, into the night, you know, after ever the sun had set and it got dark. And I'm there struggling on the oars after 25 minutes, just trying to find a, a you know, placement or trying to um, guess where to place the oars in the water. I can't see two meters in front of me. What I can see is the the light shining out of my cabin. And I know that my bed is just there Uh, and I'm having this incredibly frustrating time. I just found it so fucking hard to stay out there on the oars and uh, churn through that. I just didn't have enough, like I said, I didn't have enough drive. I didn't have enough purpose. I was already kind of out of the race. I was hundreds of miles behind I would say even at this is only day 18, day 17, day 18 the number one solo was a guy called Mark Slats Um, he was doing what I kind of saw myself doing he was up competing with the three mans, with the four man, the fastest four man boats there was um, there was was three four man boats Uh, the four oarsmen, four English guys there was um, I forget the name of their team But four Antiguans um, Who were second And there was um, There was a team called Swiss Motion Or Motion I think They were a Swiss team Four guys from Switzerland And they were all competing for first place And Mark as well um, And that was quite That was quite annoying to me That was quite frustrating as well Um so he was so far ahead of me, like he was, that was just, you know, I was, uh, that race was over already and we, I wasn't even, I think i say in this video, coming up 700 miles into the race, you know, there was nautical miles, there was still over 2,000 to go. Um, and then there was a young guy, another solo, who was quite a bit ahead of me and you know, I was I was out of that and never mind the whole race, what I'd kind of, even though my, my goals and my aspirations were fucking way off like I mean I couldn't have in a million years competed even if I was doing 18 hours or 20 hours a day um but uh yeah so it was just you know there was a lot of unrecognizable negative chatter around that or if I did become aware of it it was tough to even frame it in a in a way where I could have a little bit of respite and a little bit of solace from it you know i was just was very hard on myself because of that Um, sometimes conscious consciously sometimes unconsciously so i cracked in today i woke up obviously 17 we lost the steering day 18 uh, 17 was a real flat day um and sun was out things were good and um woke up morning of 18 And things had changed a bit again. The conditions had picked up, the wind was about 20 knots. And I'm going to play the video of the kind of recap of the day and then, um, kind of, yeah, as usual, just pick up on any interesting points and my kind of memories of that and, and, yeah, kind of give you guys a bit of an analysis of that day. Day 18. Um conditions have uh, yeah conditions have picked up again they're pretty uh, pretty choppy seas are big at times and uh, wind is i don't know like 20 knots or so I'd say um uh, had a pretty frustrating time um again with the fucking steering uh, this morning, just trying to get it all set up again, and then just trying to get used to it, and trying to get used to it in those conditions because I haven't—I only had it yesterday in camp conditions. So uh, it's hard work. Uh, you you really have to fight for um, your position on the waves. Um, so I call it a wind tunnel basically when the wind and the waves are. Um, are in line and you're kind of in line with them the the stern of the boat is in line with them and you can make a bit of ground Uh, you can tip along on top and it's rowing isn't so hard but you get spat out of that wind tunnel real quickly so i either go to 330 degrees north uh northwest or 210 degrees southwest you know so and then trying to get back in is um it's all oars, you know, so you got to stick one oar in the water and really bite down with your shoulder and torque it up and then um, then work the other one rowing action, you know, so you're going against with one and, and with, with the other. So you're just trying to flick the flick the stern of the boat um, into the downwind. Uh, and then you just kept getting spat out and spat out and it, there's probably a skill to it. I don't have it. I'm, I'm a ham fister at it, but... Um, I just keep fighting, you know, just keep fucking, just keep fucking grinding, 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 and, um, you know, hopefully it'll get easier as the days go on. Um, what else? I oh, opened um, another letter today, opened Andy's letter, it was, it was powerful shit, man, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. Made me cry. Gonna cry again? No. Uh, sometimes it's good to cry, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were beautiful words and uh, uh, you know, incredibly appreciated. So uh, yeah, and uh, I, read, I read the ones I read before which uh, also make me cry often, uh, Rabbi and Fla. Um, they're beautiful things and I, I will um, I will reply to them at some stage when I get near a post box. Um, okay, that's the emotional part finished with. Uh What else is happening today? making a bit more ground bush listen who gives a fuck right uh, 15 miles 15 miles since uh, 9 o'clock this morning or so um, yeah duh, 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 duh. that's about her man uh, dating um, probably not even a third of the way there um, beard is coming on <laughs> the big ginger beard is 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 coming on and the eye is yeah it seems to be okay right nice shiner this one, this one is unusual this is a down here uh, but uh yeah I'm still I'm still here I'm still uh, still alive as they say and um yeah still trucking across what oh, else stayed in uh, yeah I came across a couple of big Big ships, or a ship and a dredger, or something. Even though it seems strange to have something dredging the ocean, uh, seven hundred miles out, God knows how deep it is down there. But uh, yeah, that was that was something to to avoid. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that's it, man. Life is blue. Life is wet. Sometimes it's harsh. Sometimes it's not. Um, we're alive and kicking talk tomorrow there's two things I really want to touch on from that audio clip audio clip i'm getting better at that uh, from from the video. The first one is steering and wind tunnels and that whole catastrophe um, which you you know I mean, losing my losing my steering system not that I knew it now. What was like that it's just catastrophic in terms of um, ambitions and intentions and aspirations and goals and uh, just generally the challenge and um, the second thing is letters so in episode eight I talked a lot about things that weren't in that or what I wasn't going into in that um, episode which is I'm sure riveting podcasting from me. But um, And letters was one of those things And I'm going to talk about the letters The why, um, the reasoning, the thoughts Whatever behind that So I like my own company I am comfortable in my own company I seek my own company I have trained myself To enjoy my own company And be content and happy in it That wasn't you know all that been said, um it's pretty obvious to think that that or to understand that that wasn't something I saw as being challenging on this expedition. you know a lot of people said to me, how are you gonna you're going on your own? how are you gonna spend so much time in your own and it was almost like you know i was a little bit um surprised when people said that to me because i was like well why would, why would that be hard like i mean it's just it wasn't something that even entered my head i suppose the best way to put it is although i had no fear of spending that much time alone it's not that i you know not having that fear didn't hide or didn't mask the fact that spending, you know, what I thought might be up to 90 days alone would have challenges. And it wasn't as if I'm going to be in this kind of comfortable, neutral, happy, contented, peaceful state the whole way across. And of course, I knew and wanted and understood that there was going to be major challenges to that. So the connection thing to the connection to other people was going to be important so how was I going to do that well of course I had the sat phone set up um and I had you know not only my friends and family's numbers but I had the numbers of a few other people in the fleet that I could text from now and again and communicate with and ring if I wanted um, and I did do that a little bit during the crossing I know I talked to uh the two boys from scotland um chris elliott and his brother well less his brother because I, I knew chris from our whole um preparation period and you know i i did a, a thing called the uh, um, ocean rowing course and did all my certs which um with chris you have to do some like sea survival first aid at sea um vhf radio communications navigation you have to do all these kind of certs. So I did that. Uh, I spent the 10 days in Tenmouth in the UK doing that in Devon with Chris and uh, another guy, Al, uh, who uh, unfortunately had to pull out then because of a back injury and Chris's brother um, stepped in. So I texted them and quite a bit as we went along. I texted the Atlantic Ladies a few times, which is the the um, three ladies who set numerous world records I texted the Norwegians, I think There was there was quite a bit of communication um, Between a few boats anyway, at least But mostly it was family and friends And, and that, you know, became a important um, outlet or important resource to have on board Really, really important You know, I like I, I mentioned before I talked to my parents every two or three days Texted my brother loads Talked to him, talked to friends around Christmas Actually, day 18 was, oh yeah, sure As he heard in that video, this was New Year's Day, so I'm pretty sure there was a little bit of texting going on that evening as well. Um, When I got back in around six or seven in the evening, I normally turned on the phone and gave myself kind of an hour to, you know, switch off and just reply to some messages. And then this, the the fact that the, I had the video, um, these, all these video diaries I was keeping. And, you know, as you can tell, they were all aimed at sharing the journey with people. It wasn't until later, as you'll see, that um, they became more of a kind of diary entry of my day and a little bit more personal. But even up to now, you can see there was an intention to share kind of the the story of the expedition um, with people even though most of these videos didn't go out or weren't sent back through whatsapp to own who was doing my social media it was only every kind of four or five days I did that so that became very important and cathartic you know it was kind of like <laughs> almost like therapy talking into the um, talking into the phone and then um, the final piece of that- puzzle connection puzzle was letters so I asked nine people uh, very close to me to um, if they could and would if they would write a letter um, just about our relationship didn't matter like I didn't give them a whole um, massive brief which was probably quite difficult for them (laughs) Um, uh, but I just said listen whatever our relationship means it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be anything um profound or anything kind of of huge depth um just whatever you feel whatever is real whatever is comes up for you about us um so mum dad brother um and then uh six mates i think i think there was six So, um, and then what I did with them, the kind of thinking behind them was that every, you know, I'm going to go through hard times and I'm going to need a bit of a something that is going to lift me emotionally, lift me out of a a slump that are just change my perspective or bring a little bit of energy to me. And that's what I thought these would be, these letters, what they actually ended up having the opposite effect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were so special that they kind of dr- drove me into um, a deeper emotional hole because they dredged up a lot of um, inaccessible things. So I couldn't, I'd read them, but like there was nobody there to, I couldn't, I couldn't touch the person who i couldn't hug the person who had uh written that who was obviously special to me and had put their heart um into that letter and it was incredibly um moving and uh, not been able to do anything around that was was i don't know it just seemed to drive me into a worse place and it didn't have the effect of lifting me immediately of course um after three or four or five reads, be that in that day or um, over the course of the whole challenge, the whole uh, crossing, you know, they they did have that effect. They did have the um, emotional um, redirect that I was hoping for because, you know, they became uh, more and more, became less and less of a kind of emotional punch in the gut and they became more of an emotional um you know hand on if you've fallen down hand under your armpit to help you up. Um, And that's why I reread them. So every time I kind of saved them uh for periods like when I I got really low um and then I'd open a new one and I'd reread the ones I'd reread the ones I'd already read. So um I think Rabbi and Jenny Rabbit, Noel Rabbit and Jenny Rabbit's and their kids uh who would all uh Keen, Luke and Ivan had all drawn little pictures. That was the first one I opened and then uh Jerry Flannery's um Flaz was the second one and then and this day dating um my brother Andrews was the one that um you know brought the tears um to to me because um yeah because it just <laughs> it just meant so much it was just absolutely beautiful as I said and, um, you know, it It was very special and it's not often you get to, um, experience those powerful emotions, um, even though it was true, um, a kind of the indirectness of a letter, um, no, it was, it was really, really special. And, and they all, they all, they all had the same effect basically. And they all brought me into a, a very, um, warm, uh, Place when I when I read them and reread them, and um, yeah, I still have them to this day. I still have them wrapped up in one of the. Um, I had a laminated uh, poem, I think, that was. I don't know that I. Oh, I got somebody gave it to me, and I couldn't stick it anywhere, so I brought it with me, and I just basically fold that in half and keep the letters in there. I know exactly where they are, and I haven't read them in ages. I, so, um, but uh, yeah, no. I, incredibly special thing um and yeah reduced me to as i said they reduced me to tears very very often um, but eventually uh redirected myself to the to a kind of a higher plane of consciousness um through the emotions you know and through the little shift in um my outlook or my mindset or my perspective the second thing um which undoubtedly has to be um delved into is my explanation of the steering system failure um and trying to maneuver the boat um on day 18 so this was kind of the first day after the you know complete steering system failure on day 17 but day 17 wasn't too bad because because the conditions were flat so it wasn't until conditions picked up again that I realized the effect of not having uh, the foot steering and not been able to delicately maneuver the boat with the foot steering um to keep it in line with uh, the winds and the waves so whichever way the winds were blown um that was kind of the direction i wanted to put the boat so generally we're heading west right 270 degrees west if we keep going west we're going to get somewhere this route is trade winds route so the winds are blowing across uh, the caribbean so they might be blowing at like whatever, Um, a 260, 250. If they are, I try and keep the boat um, in line with those so it's as efficient as possible and it's moving as quickly as possible. I'm making the most of the conditions instead of like trying to fight them anyway.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
2: What happens is when you don't have steering, um, you have to steer, when you don't have foot steering, you have to steer the boat with the oars. So that means you have to be incredibly um, concentrated and focused on what is coming at you. So what the waves are doing, and then you have to, with one oar or the other, um, react to keep the boat like as close as you can to the direction the way wind is going so let's say 270 going west you know and because i have a big bulbous cabin on the stern of the boat if the boat moves a few degrees like seven eight degrees to the left or to the right because of i haven't reacted as well i don't have the skill to react as well with the oars to keep the boat the wind um, catches the side of that cabin and pushes you down so all of a sudden you were kind of in line with the wind and the waves. You were going up and down and you were uh, up the wave and back down and you were keeping it efficiently in line. But now that little turn of the cabin and the wind hitting the side of it, it pushes the boat beam on. So it pushes it underneath the wave, side onto the wave. So it either pushes it to... You know as far out as 330 degrees is what i talked about in this video which is practically um north northwest so it's very different to west right so basically i'm getting pushed sideways with the boat facing facing north northwest i'm getting pushed west or you go to 210 degrees the boat gets flicked the other way because it hit the other side of the cabin and pushed you down facing the boat facing 210 degrees which is south southwest again Incredibly inefficient um, in terms of getting across the ocean and now you're sitting under the waves so now you're a bit of a sitting duck because the waves are side on so you're kind of looking up to your left to your right going looking up the face of the wave and you're surfing up the side of it and why you're a sitting duck is because it's like i capsized on day 14 if i am underneath the lip of the wave and the wind is high enough um, it's just going to push the top of that wave over Uh, and if I'm in the wrong place on the face of the wave it'll push the boat over so it's incredibly stressful as well so what I had to do as a somebody who didn't have steering when I was pushed into this position um, be it say 330 degrees I'd have to put the oar in the water so put the um, left hand oar in the water and torque up so basically hold that in the water underneath, um, torque up my shoulder, torque up my um, trunk, stay really tight. Um, Torque means just tighten it all up, hold that. And then with my right-hand side, I'd have to row and row and row and row. And what that would do is it would inch the boat around against the winds, you know, so I'd be trying to get it back to in line, trying to get it back to 270 degrees of a bearing. So that could like, that was properly fatiguing. Like that was two to three minutes of hard graft. um, Like I said, keeping tight right through my midsection, right through my spine. So I had some um, something to bias off, you know, as well as the water at the end of the oar, and then rowing with the other side, and you'd get to the, you'd finally get the boat back in line, uh, 270. Um, and you'd be delighted, right? Yes, back in. Now I can make, I can be more efficient back in the wind tunnel. Um, but it could just take like literally seconds for the wind to, Um, For the boat just to turn a few degrees and the wind to catch it again and to push you back down off out of the wind tunnel to slide you back down back, be it to 330 degrees or to 270, uh, 210 degrees, whichever way it caught the cabin and pushed it. And then you'd have to go through that whole process again and you'd be like, you know, you'd be hyperventilating. After two or three minutes of that, you'd be like proper... (laughs) and then for it to happen again near sometimes immediately sometimes not maybe you'd stay up there i I call it up there because it it felt like you were in this kind of it felt like you were sitting on top of the waves and um it felt everything felt easier once you were up there like the rowing you felt like you were going faster the rowing was um less taxing on the body but like the slightest um movement of that um cabin at the back, and the wind catching it would just push you down and sometimes you'd be lucky enough to stay up there for whatever ten or fifteen minutes, but then you know you'd get pushed down, and sometimes you'd be unlucky enough to be only up there seconds, like literally ten seconds and to be pushed down again um and what was coming for me was like a situation where that could happen five, six, seven times in a row, and I've never felt so demoralized and um beaten by something like that but i suppose because of the effort it took and the lack of reward you know you work so hard to get this fucking boat to inch it back around against the you know against that wind and then um you get it there and you're like yes now i can make some ground and no push back down and you go okay well we'll go again well, I tell you, when that happens five, six, seven times, is absolutely soul destroying. You're just like, "Fuck this!" I remember, so I remember a few times, just sitting at the bottom of waves, beam on, um, uh, with my hands, uh, my head in my hands, just going, "Why is this so fucking hard?" Um, and this lesson, um, uh, sorry, this process was only. The st- starting here that the learning of this process and how hard it was going to be was only starting here on day 18 you know the fact that um I'd lost my steering and this was my new reality and I was thinking that I was unskilled at it um and that uh I could learn this skill um and then I'd be able to keep the boat up there for um much longer periods but uh I I I'm not sure, even after now sitting here, you know, nearly two years later, I'm I'm not sure that is um, the reality. I'm not sure that's a skill with the setup I had, that is something you could um, become really good at because I just think, mother nature, once, once those winds get over kind of 25 knots, 30 knots, the boat moves around so much uh, because of the shape of the waves um and I think it's just always going to catch that cabin at some point or other and um, push you down and you're going to have to go through it or as I did sometimes I didn't I stayed down there beam on and I rode with one oar <laughs> I rode with one oar and left the other one out and just tracked on that tree, whatever it was 310 320 330 for a while um and just got pushed um sideways and stressed out looking at if the waves weren't too big it wasn't too bad but you know otherwise i was stressing out over you know been one coming over the top of the boat and capsizing me um now i'm incredibly grateful um for my own preparation here around this because you need I, i i remember thinking to myself thank fuck you are you know somebody who has decent um upper body strength because this would be impossible for for you if you did not like you just wouldn't be able to um get that boat to come back round, and you'd be just sitting like a sitting duck the whole time you wouldn't be able to um get that boat in line with the wind and the waves it just it wouldn't be possible because it took massive amounts of strength and um muscular endurance to bring it like three minutes like it's a three minute isohold on one side and three minutes of flat out rowing on the other side um it's that's why you are in such a physical f- physically fatigued state at the end um and that's not uh that's not something that can be just picked up that's something that has to be trained like the strength for that has to be trained um years in advance, right? You can't even if you just, you know, you, you didn't do any kind of physical exercise and you prepared for two years for something like this, I'd still have my doubts that is um you would acquire the strength in that time to move that boat in those conditions. Like it's really, really difficult and really, really draining. And it started to even one day later, it started to show signs of what was to come um, in terms of the consequences from having to do that. And here's the video from day 19. Enjoy. Day 19. um beard is coming along there eh? Eye is looking okay. That one's a bit, bit of a big scar, isn't it? See you, anyway what's been happening today? Um so as we all know yesterday morning uh so steering went and then uh yeah yesterday was just like uh getting used to steering with the oars and it's uh it's a battle. And today's been a lot more of that uh yeah seas have been woke up to some big seas um, and uh, yeah it's just been battling to get up on top into those wind tunnels on top of the waves and uh, and keep her there Um, been fighting that 330 degrees and fighting that 210 you're sliding down there and you're doing everything you can to you know uh, turn uh, the boat and get her back face and kind of uh, West, really, 270, two s- so, uh, yeah, it's just about, like, never giving up, even when, uh, even when you've slid out as far as 330, just to, you know, get that, um, get that right oar in the water and get working with the left one and straighten her out, um, so I just woke up, so I'm a bit knackered, I woke up from 30 minutes sleep. Um Whoa, fucking hell. Jeez. Got hit from behind there. Big wave. Uh yeah. I don't really have a lot to say today do I? No, I've just been churning away. So a happy New Year! <laughs> it's the 1st of January 2018, so a uh, Happy New Year. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it I think for today. i sure there's loads more because life, uh, life is good. I think I'm getting some sores on my backside, which ain't good. But, uh, starting to feel them a little bit now because there's a lot of moving on the seat uh, with this kind of new way of steering with the oars, you know so um, yeah so I'm going to have to be really careful and kind of vigilant with you know with backside maintenance in front of everything but that's that's what our opening salvo of the sores much more to uh, listen to much more um, moaning and complaining coming about those fuckers actually i was a little bit surprised uh, when i was re-watching these videos um, i was a little bit surprised to hear myself mention this so early i think i had um, sorry somewhere in my mind i was telling me that they showed their face or they um, the signal to my mind that there was uh, an issue looming or starting on my backside was in the 20s um, and what I subsequently ignored. Uh, so to hear me mention it on day 19 was a little bit surprising to me. So that was mostly... I will I blame it on in this video uh, as a consequence of the steering because you know you do move around a lot now all of a sudden but there's no way just in a few days that they um, showed their face because of steering and the steering was only what was it 36 hours that it had gone at this stage um, that was down to lack of maintenance even before that just going to bed uh, or sorry going into the cabin with wet and wet uh clothing or a wet undercarriage uh, be it from sweat or be it from the conditions and just you know been wet from the the waves uh, and then not going through the a routine to um to dry the skin and give it a chance to recover during uh rest so that was the start of The Saga, the Soar Saga. (laughs) Um, And you'll hear a lot more about those over the next... Oh yeah, sorry, what I was... Sorry, I got a bit... What I was uh, wanted to explain there was... So, okay, there's movement um, on the oars. So, I had a seat that was... um, Uh, padded so it was like a big kind of solid I don't know how to explain it Uh, so these seats are on rollers obviously and then that was on a flat um, piece of metal and then on top of the metal there was a, a kind of padded seat that was flat and shaped maybe about four inches high and with cushioning obviously in it but decently solid cushioning and loads of people had told me, um, <laughs> you sure about that seat? Uh do you not want to think about changing it? And I was like, oh no, like I've I've um I've done all my training on it, I quite like it, I haven't had any issues, and they're like, Oh, they did they, they do. People have said that they give them issues, you know. And I was like kind of quite belligerent, going, No, it's grand, you know, I'm happy with it, it'll do me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thirty days into this thing, I was regret, or forty days into this thing, I was um, very much regretting bringing that seat and not having um, thought a little bit more about. Okay, it's grand you do twenty four hours on Galway Bay, but what about forty days in a row of doing, you know, twenty four hours with um, living in those conditions? And you know, I hadn't really thought that much about it because it was very comfortable and I was happy with it, and I it was like, I had enough things to be worrying about yeah and moving around on that seat then just caused um well the the lack of care of my skin and then the movement during while well, the skin was kind of uh, stressed or compromised a little bit because of that lack of care just caused these like um sores to um to flare up so there was sea sores or salt sores from the Seawater, but there was also then pressure sores just from sitting for so long every day. And you know, we'll 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 get into the the details. I might even share a photo that I've never shared uh, of those fuckers. But um it was it was only kicking off now um in my mind, and I did what every self-respecting male does, they ignore it, ignore the pain until it gets too much, and then complain like a motherfucker about it. Uh, <laughs> um so that was day 19 and sorry i confused didn't i uh in the in the last piece i are in the before this video i said that day 18 was happy it was the new year but this was actually new year's day um and i talked a little bit about my attitude um of just not giving up you know um and that was it was interesting to hear as well because I don't, you know when i think about my um attitude and having that mindset it always is closer to the end of the race where i was really like on on some days it's incredibly dialed in on that. Not giving up. Not giving up. And just fucking fighting and grinding and fighting and grinding. But to hear it again um, as early as day 19 was a little bit surprising to me. And but it's just that's the way I'm wired. You know, I'm um, I'm wired to uh, continue the fight. Continue the fight. Continue the fight. Continue the fight. Okay. Sometimes I will fall down. I will relent. But I will always uh come back for more. And it was it was nice to hear that even now on day nineteen I was I was kind of focused on or I had in I had that mindset and it was at the front of my awareness uh, because it was it was definitely to stand to me. So that was day nineteen. There was one other uh quick um little video I made that night um, that I want to share with you guys before we leave it for today Um, and then there is a big break actually in days so it'll it'll jump all the way to the mid-20s in episode 10 because of um, issues with uh, charging Um, but I'll, I'll get into all that I suppose next week but um, for now, I want you to just have a quick listen to this short clip I made right at the end of day nine. Um, just after the night of the 19th or whatever, I just wanted to, just for memory's sake, come on here and say that uh, a tanker went by a cargo ship or whatever. It was called Quina, um, and uh, in the middle of the night and uh, the AIS did not go off. Disconcerting. Um, we crossed about, I reckon, about two miles um, just to the north. Uh, for a while there, thankfully I woke up in the night and saw it on the screen and then I was just able to monitor it. Monitor um, just to make sure, you know, there was, was not going to be any uh, collisions because uh, I feel like, come um, on, I second best. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't go off I'm fiddle around with some stuff. So tonight when you go to sleep, I want you to try and imagine what it must feel like to be, to try and get back to sleep after knowing that you've just been passed by a 300 meter, 110,000 ton container ship. And the alarm on your boat that is meant to go off when that's in your vicinity didn't go off. Disconcerting was the word I used. I think I was been very kind to how I felt. Going to leave it there for today, folks. And um, as always, I hope you are um, enjoying the journey. And I hope you enjoyed day eighteen and day nineteen. Um, if I could just sum, if I could sum them up um, in a couple of words, I would say. Emotional and fighting. 18 was a you know quite a quite an emotional day uh, reading those letters and then um, there was definitely a lot of fight in 18 uh, just trying to figure out in those big conditions that showed their face again how to how to steer that boat and and the reality of what this might look like for me um, or the the thoughts around having the Trying to pick up the skill level to to row that boat without steering, and then nineteen was um, you know just about you know I talked about not giving up, having that fight to battle to to grind to grind, uh, no matter how hard it got, no matter how many times I got spat out of wind tunnels, um, just to just to keep fucking fighting and to to um, keep persevering with that fight, um, probably. Uh, Penny was dropping a little bit towards then that it was it was kind of gonna be a <laughs> an epic um, an epic fight. So uh, next week, um, as I mentioned, we're gonna hop forward a little bit because there was um, some technical issues to put it um, kindly and um we're gonna i think pick up around day 24 so the 20s actually are a bit of a blur uh to me um so i'm interested and looking forward to re-listening to the the audio clips of the videos i made and um yeah kind of reigniting hopefully some some stuff in the long-term memory that that will reignite as always, any questions, um, do not hesitate to uh, get them to me. Best place, Uh Just go to the contact there, the form, um page, uh, or through social media, right? So um, best one is Instagram, and uh, my handle is at Auld, A-U-L-D, underscore stock. And um, yeah, I will answer them, because that's what you do with questions. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe and you can rate the show and uh, that would be very helpful, very appreciated. And what you could also do uh, to show a little bit of support if you're enjoying it or if you think you know someone who might like to... um, you know might get something from the episodes or be interested in the the story or some part of what i'm trying to do here is just share it with them send it on to them and um the more people we can kind of get engaged uh, the better the more people we can get listening to this story and future stories of expeditions and uh, especially the the mental side of expeditions because there's so much that you know you can take from well personally there's so much i feel i can take from the edges that expeditions bring you to when i get back into normal life and that's what i'm trying to share here um these um learnings and insights that just make normal everyday life much easier and simpler and slower and more peaceful so um yeah so be it on wherever you get your podcasts if you wouldn't mind um or if you feel you can uh, just uh, subscribe there and uh, rate the show and then share it with anyone thanks very much hope you enjoyed it and um we'll talk next week cheers